All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world, in a world where technology supports a lot of what we do. And we're moving very quickly and fast into this fun term called Web3. Um, but really, the show center on health, and we honor and respect all the different movements that health has gone through health, well being, fitness. But along those lines, it's not about us. It's always about our guests on the show. And today I'm really enthused and excited to have Mike Needle on the show today. He's in private equity. He's done a lot of really interesting stuff. He's done some new stuff recently. Um, he's also a board ape uh, holder as well, too, which is pretty interesting. So I love the, the duality and the contrast that he's working in on all different fronts. But he's got an interesting story, and hopefully we can bring that out uh, in this show. But uh, Mike, I won't steal your thunder. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, man. Really appreciate being here and anything I can uh, you know, share that helps others, I'm all about. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate you killing all time to do this. And obviously we're so busy. These are refreshing and recharging for me. As you know, being in entrepreneurship, running a business, the most important thing really is relationships. It's really about grounding ourselves and taking a step back and really not forgetting why we do what we do. And it's just good to get out of our heads and just talk out loud with people too. And then full disclosure, it's it's uh, it's really cheap mental health therapy for myself as well. I, I kid around, I'm joking, but but Mike, tell me, teleport us back, teleport us back to where it all started for you. Tell us a little bit about you know who you become and your origin story. So not to hit us with a gravity question to start off with, but yeah, just teleport us back and take us through how how you how you started off. Yeah. I, I enjoy gravity questions right out of you know the gate because like <laughs> I mean you know the, it's it's super interesting because like I, I've I've always thought there's like a really big contrast between adults and little kids and it's why I enjoy little kids so much because they're just a hundred percent honest with where you stand especially elementary school you know kids because they're gonna let you know if they think you suck right out of the gate but as adults at some point you know because you move out of college and or high school where there's built-in community whether it's good or bad we start wearing masks and especially in the professional world we start feeling this internal pressure to come off to other people how we think that uh, we'd best be perceived and i think it's because like all of us have this internal dialogue that's running about who we are and what other people are thinking about and for people that don't suffer from anxiety like i used to um or, or kind of this perfection driven complex like they're pretty good at self-regulating um and and i wasn't um and so my professional background is i've spent 22 years uh running a public investment firm and then the last five years also running an early stage venture fund on the private side. And the perfection aspect of just wanting to hear that attaboy, you know, thing from my parents drove me into seeking, um, I guess, uh, affirmation from others. And uh, what happened was, is that when I felt like I was falling short, that led me into drug addiction and um a very dark selfish place in my life that basically kind of culminated with me hurting everybody around me and so i'm coming mm -hmm. up on having five years sober in november of this year 
And the biggest difference, right, is like, of course, drug addiction leads you into entirely selfish and destructive behavior. And the change for me as I've grown a little bit more each day over the last five years is to figure out how can I uh, offer myself in, in service to other people with an open hand. And, mm -hmm. and, and I describe an open hand as like Mike 1.0 was constantly grabbing back at other people like, well, what are you going to do for me? Or when I apologize to people, I wasn't looking, you know, to make a genuine apology. I just wanted to hear them say, well, you're forgiven. So I was really just grasping back at them. And so trying to approach relationships and in, in, in a very humble, you know, sense of how can I, you know, be of service the best I can to this person in this moment. And, and what I think is really interesting about Neo Web3 and this overused sense or term community um, is, you know, it, it was interesting because I just finished listening to the podcast that the Yuga Labs founders, you know, did with Full Send yesterday. And the one of the founders, he goes by Gordon Goner on Twitter, uh, talked about being bedridden for 10 years with colitis. And he's like, the only way wow. that I had a sense of belonging was through uh, MROPG, you know, games. Um, he mentioned like Star Wars Galaxy and a couple others right. um, and Discord because it was his only way that he could feel like he was belonging. And I think a lot of us felt that in the middle of COVID because all of a sudden community was dashed in a sense because we were all kind of stuck inside. And I think that right. specifically within NFTs and the blockchain in this movement, it offered people a different way to connect than they'd had before. And what I found, um, which was surprising to me because usually Twitter is known as an absolute wasteland of toxicity and a great place to shit on each other, pardon the language, but <laughs> I'm a real person, um, was kindness. And right. in this very small pocket of people that are spending stupid amounts of money for cartoon JPEGs that have a lot more behind it, of course, um, mm -hmm. there was a, a great sense of like trying to give others a, another hand up. So I've been kind of fascinated by it. And I find that's a culture that has existed inside of crypto amongst the people that are genuinely building like yourself. And when we met a few weeks ago and you mentioned kind of what you were looking to build on the health side, um, it was, uh, uh, I guess it was intoxicating to me because I looked and said, there's another avenue through which people can, you know, find that lifeline or support mechanism or a way and a reason to really build and grow themselves. I love it. I love it, Mike. No, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, a playback here I'm listening to is that, you know, you were at one place and you, you know, drug addiction and, you know, that was a byproduct of probably just a, a, a spiritual and emotional transformation that you started becoming aware of. And then you kind of had it like, I'm done. I, 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 I'm ready to get over this. And then it's almost like, you know, the drug stuff had to shed, it had to go, right? Because you were just, you were just done with it. You wanted to be more genuine president 
and and uh, instead of self service to self, you wanted to be service to others. And and you know, I can see that transformation. And obviously, you know, your business partners and and, and who you support and who you invest in probably benefits from that. Um, my my prayer always is that someone listens to our show or listens to an episode and, and takes away one thing that's really important for them to to transform and and maybe they're 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 at a similar they they were at a spot or they're at a spot right now where they're trying to get over the next the next thing what what advice would you have for for someone that is going through something like what is that change to whether it's like someone being an alcoholic or drugs or some sort of habit that's dragging them down spiritually or emotionally what's what's one or two things that you would have advice for them for you know to to get over you know i think the biggest thing is that for people to know that they're not alone and right like, especially with substances or sexual addiction or gambling or food like they're all the same in my opinion like just because i was right. a drug addict doesn't mean that it's any less painful or difficult as a coping mechanism than anything that I just mentioned amongst many things. Um, and, and I think that like we start believing this story of you know, that we've built into these prisons that we've kind of locked ourselves into that I'm the only person that's struggling with anxiety. Um, or I'm the only person right. like look at all these perfect people around me. And what I have noticed, right? right um, you know, in this absolute lack of connection that I had to other people and the isolation that I was in is that once I actually started being vulnerable about where I was, um, rather than being mm -hmm. met by a rush of judgment, like I was sure was going to happen, um, it was met by nothing but kindness. And it's interesting because right. Even people in the program that I go to, which is called Celebrate Recovery, who have a couple mm -hmm. of years are like, how do I tell people um, on the outside world that I'm sober? I struggle with that. And I was like, you got to take a risk. And yep. the crazy thing, right, is that I remember doing a podcast with a couple of close friends of mine about three and a half years ago. And it was kind of the first time I told my story to the world and man were they supportive and so i've like taken this risk and shockingly enough when you confess to somebody else that you're not perfect and that you've got real shit and real problems that are happening in your life people actually open up to you too so the most important thing recognize you're not alone and then kind of find that tribe and that group of people where you can kind of know you can go back to each week and puke your guts out. And coming from a person that used to be an atheist that believed all therapists were full of beans, um, that's that's a myth. There are good people that you know, right. you're gonna be met by somebody. So take a risk because I can't fix right. you. I, I Nobody can fix me, but this crazy guy. But oftentimes, just talking about where I'm at day to day and week by week with people is is strangely healing. Right, right, Mike. I appreciate it, and and yeah, you, I know you did a playback a little bit of what what we're focused on. It's not really, uh, um, you know, about us, but you know, I do feel personally convicted with like Web three coming about and you know, new form factors. It's probably like this uh, 
this convergence or of two paths, uh, it feels like of uh, lots of opportunity to, to, to grow kindness online, right? Lots of opportunity to, to enable healing, to enable restoration. But equally, there's probably a scary side with the anonymousness of, of being online, a second, you know, sub-level of potential darkness out there that can perpetuate people's bad habits with Web3 and things like that. And maybe I'm over-characterizing it and maybe it's not that much of a duality, but I'm kind of curious as we enter Web3, what is where would you like to see Web3 go relative to some of these things that we're talking about? Health, safety, addiction, um, pleasure versus uh, personal growth, emotional healing. Um, tell, tell me your mindset on that and cautions or, or optimisms that you have. Yeah, I mean, and, and kind of going back to something you mentioned, like human beings, we're, we're, we're bound to start, you know, bringing something bad into something good. Like it's just within our nature. But right, I, I'd say right. that, like, I, I've seen people, you know, um, because they're anonymous with their cartoon pictures, be able to confess <laughs> things into Twitter and ask for help, unlike they would be able to do, um, you know, with their with, you know, with if it was just their picture or whether it was in person and people that are like, I've got six days sober and I'm really working on it. And they're just met by a flood of responses of support. I've reached out to people that literally have their Twitter bio. Remember my buddy, Kyle, like some guy in Texas, his Twitter bio is, you know, recovering drug addict, you know, seven years sober. And I read that I was like, bro, what in what a courageous thing to actually have to lead your bio with that thing in particular. So I, yeah. I think that the anonymity allows people the ability to be more honest. And, and what right. I love is that we've seen communities, whether they're NFT companies that base their whole existence about being able to provide a layer of mental health, discords that are staffed by actual psychologists to actually have outreach there. And I think it's like, like it's, it's hard for us to pick up the phone and make an appointment with a therapist, you know, because like it's a shot in the dark it's a little bit of an easier step to say, I'm just going to give this a try on my computer because it's less scary. And maybe that's the first step to outreach. And if that's all that it is, that's kind of huge in itself because, you know, right. um, I don't know how you were when you were younger, Anthony, but I often used to think of myself as needing to make a global impact so I could leave the Mike Pinnadal legacy, like, cause I'm so awesome. <laughs> and, and now I realize, like, if I can impact one person that listens to this, um, that's enough because the right. ripple effect that happens, and I'll talk about my own life of saying, because my sponsor spoke to me um, and has helped me, not only have I been affected and changed, but my fiance has been changed. My sons have been changed. Like it is a ripple effect that we don't know how far it goes out. And so while we're all thinking of like the global right. impact, like who's to say that we wouldn't have some sort of global impact by just reaching one person. Right. Right. 
I, I love it, Mike. I'm right there with you. And, you know, it's interesting as a father myself, I take that even more serious than ever is like, yes, I want to, you know, our moniker is a billion happy, healthy people always, right? But it all starts at home. It starts with our own habits and realizing that, you know, before we change anyone, let's change ourselves. That that can, you know, um, that should affect our spouses, that should affect our kids. And everyone around us is watching what we do, especially if we're in positions that we're influencing a lot of people and we're supposed to be very disciplined leaders all around. So I'm right there with you, Mike, and I appreciate that um, perspective. Um, Mike, you have a fascinating story and a lot of things that you've overcome, and I'm, I'm just excited. And, and these are the things that a lot of people are not brave enough to really, you know, talk about out in the open. And that's that's the, the most interesting thing. Sorry about that uh, sound in the back end, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, tell me a little bit, Mike, on as we kind of end end this uh, or come to a close on the on the um, episode here. Tell me a little bit uh, about your health habits today. I always like to kind of hear about you know as you come you, you know around this 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 um, this restoration and where you need to be at. Tell tell me about your health habits today, and um, just love to hear about what what works for you now. What works for you now? So. Yeah, and the the really neat thing, right, is like um, because of recovery and relationships that I've got um, now, I've got like some tools on my tool belt because right. just because I'm sober and I've worked on a lot of part of my uh, character doesn't mean I'm not going to have really hard ass days, and that some days right. I'm just not going to feel a hundred percent. And the the habits that really helped me most was. Like I come from this super literary family, like people read thousands of words a minute with photographic accuracy. So I just rejected books as a kid, even though I was smart. <laughs> um, I started about four and a half years ago, reading one page of a book that some guy gave me in the mornings. And pretty soon it turned into a couple of books that I was reading just a couple of pages out of. Now it's like 10 books. And rather than needing to read for accomplishment, like I'm going to buzz through this 400 page book in two days, I'm actually trying to absorb that. And then from there, um, I share, you know, quotes from those books that I really like with people that I care about each morning. And I do it because I'm selfish, because it helps me retain that by sending multiple texts, just copying and pasting it to over 100 people each day. Um, right. That time in the morning, like, cause the phone does not go on. Like, we, you know, I know if the phone went on, then I'd be sucked into a universe of all the distractions of life. Right. Um, but that has become critically important to me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, going to my, you know, uh, small group with all the guys that I trust on Monday nights, every Monday is really important to me. Um, trying to get out and spend 15 minutes in nature each day, even if it's just on a dog walk. Um, without looking at my phone and just kind of recognizing how magical the world really is around us. Like it's a bunch of really little things, but I'd say the most important thing that I'm still working on that I struggle on because I'm a big arrogant guy is when I'm really having a moment, picking up the phone and calling somebody and talking to them about it. So there's, there's a long way for me to grow, which I'm actually stoked about because it means there's never mission accomplished. Like there's always something new to learn because life is difficult for anybody. And the best part is we don't have to do it alone. 
Awesome. Awesome, Mike. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that recap and the words of advice. It's it's very appreciate you sharing your wisdom there and, and those outlets. And, and I heard a lot of simplicity there, but simple things that make a daily impact to kind of keep things um, really together and on track. And so that's a blessing. Mike, uh, very last question for you is, uh, um, is sometimes our listeners like to get into contact or follow you on Twitter or follow our listener, you know, our, our guests on on social media, what's a good way to follow you or get in contact with you if uh, if people want to hear more or, or hear a little bit more of your story and your living? <laughs> yeah, so there's there's two totally different sources, right? One is my Twitter alter ego of the board ape, and the handle is B A Y C Joker. Um, that's pretty much all NFTs and everything going on in Web three. Um, but you could also look me up on LinkedIn. Um, last name's Knittel. There's only like one of us in the world. It's K-N-I-T-T-E-L, Mike, you'll find me. Again, it's my stupid cartoon monkey, so that'll set me apart. <laughs> or you can uh, you know, check out the website of the family office that I'm a part of, which is just arrowrootfamilyoffice.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, Mike, this was this was great. This was enriching and uh, really great to just go deeper on your story, uh, what you're working on right now, and obviously where you like to see, see the see the future go. And that's it's super exciting uh, to do these. Uh, Mike, thank you so much. This was a pleasure to connect with you and to do this episode with you. And uh, this was great. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Anthony. And for people that you decide you know to follow me and shoot me a DM. I will respond. Like if you've got questions or you just want to talk to somebody, I'm here. And that's part of my life of service. So thanks for uh, allowing me to use your platform, man, and just appreciate all the work you're doing for people's health. Awesome. Awesome, Mike. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. This was great. Awesome. Thank you. All right.